We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome everybody to another edition of the pack a day podcast thanks for joining us again today my name is dan conic and i am the only person out of today's recording trio that didn't get to make the trip to green bay for training camp this past week and get to experience green bay in all its early fall late summer glory the two that did will get to tell us all about their fun trip and and all the adventures they got to have together in green bay it's eli berkovitz and janelle Mackey, friends or i should say so-called friends because i didn't even get a hey dan like you maybe want to come with us for training camp it was i just had to find out that you guys were hanging out together without without me on Twitter, like I was some kind of rando egg on Twitter. So how was it, guys? Was it everything you hoped it thought it would be and more? Oh, wow. Don't sound so sarcastic, Dan. <laughs> can you can you pick – are you picking up on it? Yeah, a little bit. Only a little bit. You know, it's tough, but I'm really good at picking up on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, seriously, though, how – how what I mean, it, like, Je, I know, Jen, you got to go to the game – on Saturday, Eli, I don't, I don't know if you were there for the game, but I saw you guys having at least having some time at camp, which is always a fun time if you're a Packer fan. How, how was how was the experience overall? Jen, why yeah. don't you uh, kick us off? Well, I was going to say Eli was there for most of the week for training camp, and then I spontaneously was convinced to come out for the weekend and, you know, hang out with people, go to the game. So I was able to convince Eli then to stay. So... Eli actually was sitting right next to me at the game. So we got to meet and kind of experience a little bit of what Green Bay is. And it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, Eli got more of the training camp experience and I got that more game day weekend experience. Yeah, um, being there. Yeah, being there the whole week was definitely fun. Being there at all the training camps and then obviously the game. And, yeah, I mean, I was there earlier for the first two days of camp, but Something about seeing the full week, like progression, and then into the game. It was nice to see you saw guys making plays at practice who then had more opportunities in the game. And it kind of just gives you a better feel of the team as opposed to, you know, when you're following it through Twitter, which still all the, you know, B reporters do a great job. But obviously being there, you see more than you see on Twitter. Yeah, I must say that, you know, I, I enjoy preseason football. It's nice to get out there. But my gosh, is it hot at Lambeau in <laughs> August. I could not handle 75 degrees at 7 o'clock. If that was a noon game, I truly don't know if I would have made four quarters. because I would have passed out by the, yeah, end of the first quarter. <laughs> we were kind of out and about by Lambeau around 1 o'clock when the pro shop opened, and we were going to go throw the football over at Titletown District, and we had to go back to our hotel because it was just too hot. I was like, I need to just be in the shade and in the AC <laughs> for about an hour and a half before I come back and do this. It was... It's rough. I definitely prefer the frozen tundra over whatever August football is at Lambeau. But, you know, I'm not going to complain because it had been 580 days since I had been able to sit in those bleachers, which, you know, love the bleachers. And mm-hmm. luckily we were on the shady side when we walked in. It could have been yeah. a lot worse. So once yeah, we got yeah. in the shade of it. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're ever going to football games in August at Lambeau, 
you have to dress a lot differently than when you're going in like November, December. Yeah, sure. I would just say buy your seats on the Packers sideline or you will bake and cook until a, you are a crisp. Um, yeah, I, I am definitely meant to stay in the Midwest because <laughs> I could never enjoy football in Florida or yeah, Texas. I was about to say, if like, I was a Dolphins fan, I would probably never go to a game unless it was a road game. <laughs> but if you were if you were a Jags fan, though, and you got that sweet little pool – Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Game changer. <laughs> yeah, I get a little bit of refreshment. That could be that. That's could right. Things up. Yeah, I'm. See, I'm interested. This is interesting because I've I've been to many many more games at Lambeau in September, like the first couple weeks of the season, than I have in like November, December, January, and I always feel like it's fairly. I don't remember a time that I ever sat and watched a game that it was like that crazy, that crazy hot. But like, it's, I guess like, especially in the Midwest, like that month difference between August and September, mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a huge, a huge, uh, a change in the weather. Yeah. Um, especially it was up just north like that. Rough, but yeah, I'm sure September kind of drops a little bit. You get more of that cooler breeze. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've been to a game in September. I might have been to one, but I, yeah, the August games, it's like, I'm here, I'm happy, but my gosh, I'm drenched in my own sweat. But I'm just going to move past that and appreciate it for all the sunburn that it is. It's it's easier to drink more beer during the September games, the warm games. Like, if I like during the cold games, I can get through maybe like one beer. But I am so like, I am like so bundled up and like frozen. Like, I don't even want to, I don't even want a, like, a, like a full beer. Like at a warm game, though, I'll go through, I'll go through three or four sitting at a game see that's for me i was prepared to do that but then i was also like i'm so dehydrated right now if i drink as much as i would generally drink (laughs) at a game i might literally jen will be dragging there's water and beer it hydrates you know you know being that first preseason game there was a lot of changes that we saw at lambo and one of them being that they're not in the stands delivering beer you have to go out into the the area to buy beer everything it made it a little what? bit more challenging yeah. to, yeah. Is they, that, wait. They don't have concession people walking the stands. And Lambo for anybody who needs advice, I didn't know this, it's cashless. Don't show up with cash or you're screwed. I knew it was cashless. I didn't make that connection though that they wouldn't have, is that a right. COVID thing or is that just a cashless thing? I, I don't know if they'll maybe, That's, you know, cause you can have like those mobile Right. card reader so maybe they'll get those but yeah it was really interesting just to see all the different changes you know with everything having to be mobile ticket a lot of oh, us cool. had struggles with that and um luckily we were all able to get in but you know if you want to enter the pro shop early in the afternoon you have to sign in with your ticket and also sign out and then you get to sign back in later for the game it's it's really interesting but yeah there was just a lot of changes and the tickets were kind of a problem so it looks like that might just be a regular thing where they have you know by the time we got up there there was a ticket issue window so yeah we kind oh, of boy. It, it felt like we were the guinea pigs of all the changes happening at lambo now that fans are going back yeah i expect i i mean that's kind of it to be expected because they start i'm pretty sure they started doing that those couple of games that they brought fans back those the playoff games and every and the i think those last two home games, I think they brought, they had fa- some fans in the stands and they were kind of testing that out of the, the cashless stuff, the mobile ticket entry. And yeah, that, that, that first, that week two game against the lions on Monday night, that might get, that might get ugly at a certain yeah. point. That's I'm lucky. I'm, I'm going, I, I've already planned ahead because we have really, we have front row seats in the end zone. And so I'm like, I want to get there like right when the gates open. I don't want to be dealing with any of this ticket issue. Like I am, I am not standing outside waiting an hour for them to figure out the card, the ticket readers or anything. But yeah, <laughs> good luck to you. That you guys, it'll be fun though. Yeah, um, happy that you guys got to get to experience everything. Training camp. If you're a Packer fan, you haven't been to training camp. I would, I would recommend doing it even before, almost even over like planning around a game just because it's it's cheaper it's easier and you still get like the full kind of green bay experience and it's just it's so much it's just it's a it's a lighter experience than a, a full game but still a lot of fun so i'm glad you guys got to uh 
got to do that, hang out, and uh, and have a good time in yeah, Green Bay. I mean, um, just but, real quick, it's just kind of crazy that out of 81,000 seats, they had about 72,000 for a preseason game. I mean, so for like you said, for anyone who thinks – it won't be the full experience. Mm-hmm. Trust me, it's 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 you're pretty damn close to the full experience. Yeah, e- even something like family night. Yeah, like like going to family night like that that still gives you like pretty close to you know the full the full kind of the full kind of experience for a for a Packer game. It's a well, lot. On family night, you get to see the starters too preseason. Right, there were That's... thirty guys who weren't dressed, so <laughs> you, you, you get, get to see, you get to you get see to more see... preseason. <laughs> You get to see starters, and they always have a bomb light show and fireworks show after family night too. So, uh, the fireworks at the game nearly gave me a heart attack to start the game. <laughs> I think me and Jen both almost jumped out of our rows oh, when they were running out of the tunnel for the yeah. first time. Yeah, I forgot that they shoot the fireworks off, so it, it definitely startled a lot of us. You could see <laughs> a lot, of, like everybody around us, jump. And it's like, oh, okay, like we're fine. <laughs> I think they were just excited to be able to shoot the fireworks off again. <laughs> they've just had them backloaded from all of last year. Right. They put the order so in. Many. They've just been sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, kind of looking at some news from uh, training camp and everything, kind of post uh, post the first first preseason game of the year, uh, we saw we saw kind of uh, some of the ramifications from that first game. A some people coming back into the lineup, some people getting moved up on the depth chart in this first week of, or the first day of practice this week ahead of the jets coming into town for the, the couple of dual practices and then the game coming up on Saturday. Um, kind of the, some of the big news is guys getting back onto the field for the first time uh, this year and getting activated off the list. Uh, I'm trying to go down. I didn't have the list written down, but I know Kevin Kings, Darius Smith, I think Kingsley Kiki was activated back for the yeah. first time. Kiki, um, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, and Kenny uh, Clark, and Ken, yeah, Kenny Clark, and I think Isaiah. Mc, I think I saw Isaiah McDougal is uh, McDuffie. McDuffie. I don't. Where did McDougal? What's McDougal? Yeah. That's something. Dexter right? McDougal used to be in That's, the league. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. real quick, and I know this will be super random, but it blew my mind. Like a year or two ago, I was playing fantasy football. And for some reason, there was like five guys guys in the NFL whose first name were Dexter. And every single one of them, their last name was Mick something. McDougal, McDonald, Mick whatever. Literally every single one was Dexter, Mick something. And it just kind of blew my mind. So Did you draft all of them? I picked them all up off for agency. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be the Dexter <laughs> Mick team. Be the McDexters. The McDexters. That's a better the name. McDex, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, uh, Will Redmond, too, also came back from foot injury. Mm-hmm. So Bakhtiari is the only one left on that pup list. Yeah, and who? And that that's, I think, obviously, I think coming off of this game on Saturday, that's got to be the biggest, the biggest question now because I think – I think with the offensive line, we maybe sort of had a uh, a heat check moment for the offensive line depth that we were all kind of talking about, and uh, you know maybe it's not as not as uh, fluid and not as not as deep as a lot of us maybe thought coming into yeah. it early. At least, at least yeah, not. I wonder, you know, was it just because yeah. you have five guys who aren't starters and they just weren't right. meshing well with where they were lined up? Like maybe if you take them individually and punch them into more of a first team, second team, maybe they do better. But yeah, something about, I know that was kind of one of my biggest yikes moments watching that game was how that offensive line performed. So it could be maybe individually they look better, but then you put them all together and they just, they just didn't look like they flowed well. Yeah. And I, I mean that getting Bakhtiari back sooner rather than later will definitely help yeah, that absolutely. situation, obviously, but that's, you know, it just kind of now now the question of when does Bakhtiari come back becomes a little bit more of a, a pressing one after yeah. that. And I think on top of that, too, the biggest story coming out of Saturday is probably Jordan Love and his dinged up shoulder, which uh, you know limited his time that he got to see in that first game against the Texans. And it may end up limiting what we see out of him if we see him at all on uh on this upcoming saturday but real quick uh, before we before we dive more into into this stuff with the the training camp and the roster cut down just i want to get your guys' first impressions of what you saw out of jordan love those first two 
quarters, like 28 snaps or something. What, what, what's, what's your overall take with it, uh, Eli? Um, I thought he looked, you know, maybe in the beginning you know, of those first two drives, they were ended in three and outs. But, I mean, I would say he was a little more hesitant in the beginning and obviously got more comfortable. But even still, in those two three and outs, you know, if you just look and say they were two three and outs, you can say, oh, well, then, you know, probably were bad drives. But I believe he was three for five throwing the ball on those two three and outs. And he looked pretty comfortable. One of them, he faced some pretty heavy pressure, had a move up in the pocket and made a nice swing pass to A.J. Dillon out in the flat. And he put it, you know, a lot of guys, you throw it behind them, it ends up being a fumble or just an incompletion. He kind of threw it right in Dillon's motion to keep him going, gained a few extra yards. And then obviously, once he got to that third drive, made that pass to Sternberger, and that's when he really started getting into his rhythm. And he just he just seemed very confident with his reads. Like he knew where he wanted to go with the ball basically at the time of the snap, but also not where he was choosing his receiver, you know, before the snap. Like he was still going through his reads, but when he knew his number one read was going to likely be open, he was able to locate them. And for the most part, was pretty accurate with his throws. I think whatever inaccuracies he had was when he was under some pretty heavy pressure. Again, as you mentioned, the offensive line definitely did not have their best performance. So considering all of that, I think Love played as good as, you know, definitely as good as we could have hoped for. Nothing necessarily amazing, but definitely nothing too concerning for a guy in his first NFL appearance. Yeah, I think kind of like you said, he was a little bit more conservative to start, but he really got comfortable and started to show that confidence. And yeah, a lot of people are, oh, well, he's like throwing in a double coverage, but you know, there are also balls that could have been caught. So that was a good throw. That first yeah. third down, yeah. it was double I, coverage, but he fit it in there. You know, if yeah. that was Devante, that could have been potentially caught. Or you know what? Funches made an even more impressive catch. He could have caught that. Yeah, I think uh, Jordan Love, you know, I feel like there's just there's such high expectations for him where it's almost unfair for it being his first game in almost two years because of COVID and not being able to pre play preseason last year and being inactive for all the regular season games. Uh, I think it was just nice to see him, you know, get those first couple of completions out of the way because I can only imagine, imagine all the pressure that he's feeling like knowing kind of his situation. So it was good to see him just out there looking like he's been doing it the whole time and having fun. And you could tell that he was connecting, you know, uh, it seemed like Malik Taylor was kind of one of his favorite targets along with Funchess. Those two were really fun to watch on the receiver end of things. But yeah, I was really, I was impressed with Jordan Love. I didn't have these over hyped expectations. I just kind of wanted to see, come see him do what we've been talking about. And I think it was good to just kind of see him, you know, make the short throws, go for the long throws, the contested throws. Uh, yeah, offensive line, maybe if they would have played a little bit better, we could have seen a little bit more. But, you know, there, there's going to be flukes. It's the first game of the preseason, and that's what this is for. It's not it's not meant to be, the like, a perfect game. You, you're supposed to get these bugs out now. So hopefully, you know, yeah, he was supposed to play most of that game, so it's unfortunate we didn't get to see more of him. But with that shoulder injury now, MRIs have said everything is fine, uh, but we'll see. It sounds like they're going to bring in a quarterback maybe to practice to kind of just test out and just in case for some reason, because obviously you can't go in to a game with just one quarterback. So even if I it's Kurt Ben Jen, are you sure it's good for your brand? <laughs> then come on. Hey, I didn't say he wouldn't play the whole game. I'm just saying, you know, when yeah, he nah. gets up by 40 against the jets, he's going to need a break. <laughs> <laughs> but no, overall I, I didn't watch Jordan Love and I was like, man, this guy stinks. Like some people, they just had mm-hmm. such high expectations where nothing was going to be good enough, which isn't fair to Jordan Love. So I think that what we saw, you know, put the score aside because there was a lot of really good things that came out of this game. Aside, like the score was not one of them, but mm-hmm. I, you know, Jordan Love for the one half of football we got to see, I think that, you know, he – He's not bad. He he was impressive, and I do hope that, you know, it's kind of one of the bummers about only having three preseason games for a guy like him. I wish we could see a little bit more of him, especially now that he might have this shoulder problem. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do now that he's got this first game under his belt. I think that he could potentially open up a lot more of what we are hoping from him. Yeah, I, I think we, we saw what we expected 
out of out of Jordan Love for a guy that, like you said, hasn't played uh, a meaningful snap of football in o- over two years now, base essentially. Um, you know, I, I think the I think the real issue is that I, a group of people had one expectation for Jordan Love, and others had a different expectation for Jordan Love, and so you know when those when those two narratives try to cross everyone there's no there's no middle ground between between you know the people that think Jordan Love needs to be an all pro right away because you spent the first round pick on him and if you don't if he's not uh, the next Aaron Rodgers then don't you look stupid crowd mm-hmm. and the you know Jordan Love just needs a little bit more time and you know it's what we saw out of him is exactly what you guys both said was we saw we saw the ingredients for what is expected out of a quarterback. He wasn't making bad throws. You know, the double the all double coverage throws are not the same. You know, like that that ball that he placed in there was placed at a specific spot and he was trying to force in you know, force into a, a play to keep the drive alive in an offense that was surrounded by second and third stringers. You know, that and we're not that's not making an excuse for him. It's he's trying to do we're, we're trying to see what he's got. And what we saw were the ingredients for a guy that can hopefully take over as quarterback in the next year or two. At least that you would, that's what you kind of expect out of what you saw. So I, I, I enjoyed what I saw out of Jordan. It's un, it's very unfortunate that he uh, had that injury when he did, because really would have loved to see a lot more of him and hope that we can get to see more of him uh, this week against the Jets and uh the, the offensive line play overall did – I mean, that just doesn't help him in any sense because there was no run game for the Packers. It, it was it was just – overall, you couldn't really get a great idea out of uh, out of what we saw. We did see some changes with uh, with the, the first day of camp this week from that Saturday game. Royce Newman being elevated up to the first teamers on the offensive line. Um, we did see the first offensive lineman – waived out of the team uh today as the packers are cutting down to 85 uh right it, it's to 85 right tomorrow. yeah okay on tuesday uh so uh, john Dietzen, the wisconsin kid let go uh punter ryan wilson also let go the first two guys uh that were the casualties from that cut down list and here's the thing is we kind of tr- talk about this a little bit more guys so they were at 90. They cut these two down. So now you're down to 88. So hypothetically, you would think you um, need three actually, more. Dan, I hate to cut you off, but literally just now, Matt Schneidman, obviously of the Athletic, I'm sure whoever's listening follows him. He just tweeted that the Packers are now at 85 players and they oh. do not have to make any more cuts before tomorrow's deadline. Wow. Well, that just threw a whole wrench in our show plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where the other Thanks, Matt. from, but I guess they must have cut three. I guess they were already at 87 and cut two. That's it, I wonder who – is there any news of who got cut? I was literally – because well, I was literally about like, to say – Is like, my I, list right? <laughs> well, so, I mean, we know that as we as we record at the moment – we know that punter Ryan Wilson and John and offensive tackle John Dietzen were cut or released or waived, uh, you know, off of the off of the the, the roster. Which so Winslow being cut actually surprised me a little bit because him and Scott had almost similar games, but Winslow mm-hmm. kind of looked like the more accurate punter. So I thought maybe they would keep him for one more week. So that was kind of interesting for me to see because I thought that they were so they looked so equal that I thought maybe one more week they could have made that uh, determination. So that was interesting to see from my perspective. Yeah, when I was making my list, I was looking at Winslow and Scott. And like you said, Jen, I thought they were pretty close. There was like a five-yard difference between their attempts. (laughs) Exactly. So So I decided just to go with J.J. Molson, who's the kicker behind Mason Crosby, who I think we can all agree is almost certainly not to make this roster but I haven't seen that he's been waived. So, I mean, but I, I thought they would keep Molson just so that Crosby didn't have to play preseason. Oh, I guess that makes sense. But the only thing I can think <laughs> of is that we just all assume they were at 90 
and they were really at 87 because outside of Deetson and Winslow, I have not seen any news on anyone being waived. Did, did you say it was Schneiben that? Yeah. Read that out. I literally, we are like literally in the middle of of recording this. Yeah, it's right? 3 p.m. Central on Monday, if anybody needs to know. Right, yeah, <laughs> when, when we're recording we, this. We all t- decided to record early, and maybe this is what we get for doing I didn't, so. <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see anything from, from Schneidman. Well, you know what, I'll be I, honest, I, I'm looking at his thing now. It could be he deleted it, because I'm maybe having a he hard deleted, time oh, finding it. Are we... Ooh. This is this is the trepid this is the trials and trepidations that come with the live broadcast. Um, <laughs> live broadcast. You know what? Look, it looks like he deleted it, so I think we can go ahead with our list. Maybe he was off on the numbers. Okay, because because uh, the Packers he accidentally put out some uh, top secret information. <laughs> uh, Got to save it in the drafts, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the Packers did just. I did see that they officially announced that uh wilson and deetson being uh released so the pack the packers as an official source as of right now have those are the only two that they have released and at the and the roster at 88 so my question that i was going to ask you guys is i wonder how how it's going to work now if they need to cut um instead of three to get down to that 85 if they actually have to go four now if they bring in another quarterback just in case Jordan yeah. Love can't go, or Jordan Love doesn't, uh, you know, if something happens in the middle of this week's game, because you would ex- you're not expecting Aaron Rodgers to strap up just to hopefully back up yeah, Kurt Kurt, no. Jordan Love in game. Yeah, <laughs> in the Jets, yeah, the Jets preseason game. So, uh, what, just what do you what do you guys where do you guys sort of lean? Here's here's my big one because this is I kind of think the name that gets kind of thrown around a lot. Is it too early to say that the Packers are leaning towards cutting Josh Jackson after the after one preseason game, or do you think that he gets a little bit more time? Another look. Um, I honestly don't see him getting cut this week. I think, yeah, you know, he didn't have his best game, but he's also somebody who all eyes are on him all the time because of just his past with the team. So. I think that he he showed good flashes. I think a lot of it, his problem just seems to be that short game. You know, he can catch up with the guys on a deep ball, but it was just a lot of that short game he was getting picked on. And maybe it's because they were kind of picking on him, targeting his side a lot more because uh, he was matched up with Vernon Scott, who had a pretty good game. Um, but I do think Josh Jackson sticks around and uh, he either is a final cut or he sneaks his way onto here just because I I personally don't think that's the move that they should make. I think that he's somebody who they just need to kind of bite the bullet and move on from and accept it for what it is. But I think as of right now, they're going to keep him and keep giving him those reps to just see kind of what he can bring. And um, I know he was kind of also back there doing some punt returns, so I don't know if they're going to try and help make him a special teams guy or what's going on with him. But yeah, I don't see him being one of the names listed on cutdowns tomorrow. I think that he, he will probably make it through the next couple cuts and maybe right before they have to cut down for the 53, maybe that's where we see him go. But I don't think it was anything so ridiculous where, you know, yeah, he's gone now because I think that he's somebody that, they've stuck on him for so long that I think they want to just see a little bit more. And, you know, it, it's his last chance to really prove himself for a roster spot. And if anything, you know, they find a way to trade him somewhere, you know, try and build him up a little bit so that he can maybe be used for leverage at some point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, real quick, just on Jackson, um, I agree with you, Jen. I mean, to be honest, coming into the show, like my bold prediction would be maybe he would be caught by 85, but I didn't really believe they would cut bait that quickly. And then today, and again, I don't think one play at practice is going to make, you know, the difference in the team, but supposedly he looked good at practice, including a leaping interception in the end zone that was supposedly very impressive. And, you know, whoever was at practice today, um, I obviously was not, but they made it seem like Josh Jackson today at practice may have done just enough to get past at least these cutdowns. But uh, I mean, I'll be that's honest. The thing, though, that's like, like his high and his low are so far from each other. Like yeah, when he yeah. plays bad, it's bad, but he makes those really good plays that kind of make you think like, oh, maybe. So I think, you know, he's making it tough for people, but yeah, it, he, yeah, he's a very interesting story and he has been for a few years now. <laughs> Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on him is just the fact that considering he's now in year four, last year of his deal, number one, I'm saying, and then I'm comparing him to the cornerbacks like KV Anento, Kadar Holman, some of the guys behind him, he is going to be have to be paid the most money this year, and there's no team control next year. So unless he really shows them like, okay, we could actually use you this year, I feel like come again, not tomorrow, but come fifty-three man roster time, he could be cut because you know if they don't think he's going to give them much this year, he's going to be free agent next year anyway. And if that's their feeling, they're not going to resign him. So it's basically he needs to really show out throughout practice and the next two tri- next two games, or they could end up just saying, you know what. Our, our fifth or sixth corner shouldn't be playing that much anyway, and we have more control. We're going to go with that guy. Yeah, I, I, I get I get everything there. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Janelle, I think is he, I think he's done. You know, since it's since it's only ninety to eighty five, there's five other players that you could argue you can you you've seen enough or you you sort of know what you've got there, and you don't need to really get more. With Josh Jackson, maybe maybe this is just because we're fans and we're on the outside and we're not, you know, in the locker rooms and we're not in with the coaching staff going through tape and, and everything else at practice. But for, like for me, if it, if I'm if I'm looking at this as if I was trying to be the coach coming in, a new head coach or a new defensive coach, and I see Josh Jackson, I know his history with the team and I know he, he's got plenty of tape to see what I have there. I, I'm willing. I'm willing to let him stick around a little bit longer, and show me a little bit more than I would maybe you know uh, some of the other guys that are you know off of just off of the street or undrafted free agents you know this year kind of a thing. So yeah, I think he does enough to get through this year, uh, the, the, uh, this week I should say. Um, this is and this is tough for me because we I wanted to try and see if we could think of who we would who we would who we would cut down to get to that 85 man on Tuesday. 
Um, I mean, for me, and this might just be recency bias, the only one that I could really say for sure if I was trying to make cuts where I was like, I have like real evidence to like point and sit to bag this up is uh Yash Nijman. And that's, and that's it. Like he, he did not, he did not play super great on, on Saturday. <laughs> no, at no, all. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I was, I was actually going to bring him up because he's someone yeah. that I've been very high on since we signed him as an undrafted free agent. And the crazy thing is, is I'm, I'm from the eye test and I'm totally with you, Dan, I was, Definitely not pleased with what I saw out of him. And yet PFF had him as our highest graded offensive player, which is odd. But yeah, um, Yash did not uh, uh, impress as much as I was hoping. He did play the most snaps. So it seems like the team is trying to work him in there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think he's going to have to play a lot better in the last two preseason games to solidify a 53-man roster spot for sure. Yeah, well, did you guys want to – did you write down who maybe you thought was – Yeah, so I wrote down a few names. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, so I guess let, let's all assume, what, we're at 88 and um, three names? Yeah. yeah. So we're at 88 now, so we got – so we won't, we won't, we won't consider the – if they bring in – we won't even consider the quarterback thing, bring in another one, cut down. We'll, we'll say we're cutting three to get to that 85 roster for Tuesday. Three names – uh, Eli, did you, you want to go first? You sound like you had the, you're, you're yeah, ready. Yeah, sure. Um, so as I said, I mean, J.J. Molson, um, Jen makes a, a good point. I mean, if they want to just keep Crosby on the sideline for the next two games and keep Molson, they could do that. But, again, obviously Crosby's going to be our kicker, so Molson will be cut eventually, and it could just be as soon as this week. And then some other guys that either I just – I just have simply not seen at all throughout training camp or on Saturday night. Offensive lineman uh, Jacob Capra. I honestly, I don't remember seeing a single word about him, so it wouldn't shock me if he ended up being cut. And then um, Daniel Crawford at tight end. He's like the seventh or eighth string tight end right now. They have so many talent. They have so much talent at tight end. Um, I, don't, I just don't know what he would bring to the team. And then I don't like this, but DeAndre Tompkins, and this would only be due to the severity of his potential injury that he that he had on Saturday night. But if he was hurt to the point where they're like, you know what, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to play for a while, or maybe even the whole year, it wouldn't surprise me if they moved on from him. Basically, now I did also highlight DeAndre Tompkins' name just because I I mean, well. the amount of receivers for one that you have. And two, because uh, I was kind of dancing back and forth between him and Chris Blair, but Chris Blair had some um, special team snaps, so he was being utilized there a little bit more. Maybe Tompkins was. I can't remember. It's hard when there's two number sixes running around. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? J.K. Scott, what do you – oh, no, you're DeAndre Tompkins. Okay, <laughs> that makes more sense. Um, but, no, I just – yeah, with his injury and, you know, the depth there. And, you know, Malik Taylor and Devin Funches had really good games and – um, yeah, he's just somebody who I was like, it's unfortunate because you want to see more of him, but, you know, just given the situation, he's in a really tough spot with the injury, not being able to really do much, uh, not getting a lot of reps. I think he was targeted twice, but didn't do anything with him. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's just, he's kind of at the bottom of that list right now for me. So it's unfortunate, but it's nice when you look at this wide receiver list and it's hard to make a cut because yeah. people are impressing. So it, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I had his name highlighted as well. Just you, They have to get rid of receivers. So it's, we're going to see a lot of those names go at some point. Um, and you did bring up tight end. You said Daniel Crawford and I was kind of, again, dancing around with his name, but I went with Bronson Kufusi. I don't know if that's how you say his name, yeah. which I know, of course, Rogers just gave a lot of praise <laughs> to, but, you know, he's he's 30, so he's the older by seven years between Crawford and him, um, and they're, they're not going to roll with seven tight ends or whatever it is, so, you know, a couple of them are going to go. Crawford, I don't see him making it either, but, I mean, he's younger, so I could see them maybe trying to just see what they can do with him. Um yeah, you know, tight end, there's a lot in that category right now. So I think that they'll 
possibly cut down there. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I ended up with four just in case they did add that quarterback. I also had uh, Dominique Martin, cornerback. Um, just we didn't see anything from him. And, again, he's kind of one of the older guys of that group. I think there's just a lot of guys who are going to play over him. And Ento had a good game. And, you know, obviously we've got starters in there like Alexander Sullivan, um, Stokes, who will eventually get more reps. Uh, I don't remember why we didn't really see anything from Stanford Samuels. So I left his name on there. I wish I could remember. I should have wrote down. That, but yeah, so out of the cornerback group, I didn't cut Josh Jackson. I said Dominic Martin ends up being on that list. And in case they do add a quarterback and they have to cut one more name, I did say Carlo Kemp. Again, just somebody who didn't, I think he maybe had one tackle in that game. So not too many flashes from him. And I kind of, I was like, oh, maybe Josh Avery, but Avery signed like six days ago where Kemp has been with the team Mm -hmm. since I think May. So Avery most likely didn't see field time just because he's still learning some things. So I could see them cutting Kemp to try and get Avery more reps to just kind of see what, what he's got going on. So those were my my three and then four in case they do bring in that quarterback. Those are who I could see aside from, you know, obviously Dietzen and Winslow now that we know that they've been cut. Those are who I could see maybe also not being on the team come Wednesday. Okay, so after we're done recording, I'm going to have to change my Gmail Google Doc password because it's very clear that Jen hacked it <laughs> and copied everything off of my list because I I also did have – I had DeAndre Tompkins, Bronson Kafusi, and Dominique Martin in there. And I think I think with my list too – and because I, I the, the DeAndre Tompkins one I think is a little bit more – for me, it's a little bit more fact-based kind of what you guys were talking about with the injury. It's like you you sort of already have a pretty good idea of how that wide receiver room is going to shake out. And at this point, you're almost kind of at you're almost kind of with the the wide receiver group, you're seeing who will stick around because of special teams slash who's gonna stick around on practice squad, maybe. You know, like the Reggie Bevelton kind of mm. scenario. So if he had, if he's already dealing with injury now, it's it's a pretty easy cut to make on the first the first cut down day. The the tight end in the cornerback group, I almost even just had them listed as the as a position group to target because they have they have a lot of back end depth of guys that we know aren't making this roster or at least have a small chance of making it outside of a special teams kind of. Uh, role or anything like that. So uh, while I had Kafusi and Martin on that list, I think you would, I think it'd be very fair to say that you could just put down someone from the tight end group and someone from the cornerback group, not making it past the cut list, just be, and, and just take your, and the, this, the coaching staff just takes their pick of a guy or two to, right. to say <laughs> we, we, we saw enough out of them out of this week, you know? Um so I, I think I think honestly that that kind of that kind of really sums up where we're at with that that list is we we have an idea of a possible target I think we all agree and DeAndre Tompkins probably doesn't make it past Tuesday and then there's some key areas that we look at and say there's some fat that could be trimmed off of here as well and I agree about Molson I think that one if you wanted to give a guy maybe even if you wanted to give a guy like DeAndre Tompkins a, a chance to recover from injury or give him another Molson is another easy one to say you know that 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 that's that's sort of a little that's sort of a little shield to have up there that you can just kind of cut at any point right because um, Crosby was dressed so right. he, he did kick the, I think he did kick the first extra point I believe and then he came out no I think no? Molson was the only one because there was only one extra point Oh, I, I, you know what it was? It was when he did the coin toss. I knew I saw him on the field. Yeah, he was just out there for the coin toss. By yeah, the way, I mean, toss reps. Yeah, his <laughs> his uh, his hair is going from from silver fox to straight up it, gray, you know, gray it was white. insane. I remember I was like, I cannot believe how old he looks, and it makes me sad <laughs> because I know that there the time is coming where he only has so long left here with the team. You know what? Respect though for aging with grace. 
Mason. Oh, absolutely. Not, not resorting to the, not resorting for the, you know, the Rogaine <laughs> just or for anything like the, the Jester <laughs> men, taking it all in stride and, and aging with pure grace, Mason, like a fine Wisconsin cheddar cheese, Mason Crosby. <laughs> Um, the other news that came out from yesterday was we had the first, essentially a little over half of the NFL top 100 players list from 2020. Uh, guaranteed to give us perfect podcast fodder every single <laughs> year, and it did not disappoint again this season. So we had picks 100 through 41 last night, and... We saw we saw two current Packers and one former Packer on there as well. So at number 60, we saw Corey Lindsley. I'm going to count that as a win for us because he was because it's based off of when he was a Packer. So yeah. that count, I'm counting that one. I'm counting that as a win for us. And plus, I'm a Corey Lindsley stand till the day I die. Oh, it's a great hill to die on. Uh, 51, we had Darius Smith come in and then Jay Alexander at number 41. So two current Packer defenders on the list so far uh, coming up this Sunday, we see 40 through 11. And then the next Sunday we'll get the top 10 list, but we've got 40 picks left on this list, a limited number size. We've already seen two Packers make the list. I want to ask you guys, who do you think we see revealed in that next and well, not even, not even just next Sunday, the rest of the 40 man list, who else on the Packers makes that list? And also, first I want to hear, are Zadarius and Jair rated, overrated, underrated, or properly rated to go full ESPN first take on you guys? So, Jen, let me start with you. Well, first I'm going to say who didn't make this list at all, who I thought should have at least got some recognition, because I don't think that they are going to make it from here on out. Okay. So, Because I don't see how you can have Tanyan better than Alexander. So I think that he probably will be snubbed of this list as well as Elton Jenkins. I don't think that he got the recognition he deserves. If like, if this is where our two best defensemen lie, I don't see how they make this list unless, you know, something absurd happens where everybody did vote for Tanya. so as of right now, I'm saying that those two guys got snubbed. Um, And then I think there's four that we're probably all going to agree on, and that is Bakhtiari. Mm-hmm. But I think Bakhtiari is going to be rated a little bit, would you call it lower? I feel like it's confusing to say lower, <laughs> even though it's a higher number. Um, and that's because of injury stuff. So I think that he kind of bumps back a little bit just because of his injuries. But, you know, it's David Bakhtiari, so of course he's going to make this list. And then Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones will probably be somewhere in like the 11 to 20 area, maybe, maybe even 25. Yeah. I was going to say top 20 feels like a top 20. Yeah. It it would be a stretch for him to say, I'm not saying he's like 11, you know, just, I'm trying to say like that range where, you know, maybe mid teens, low twenties. And then I feel like you have to put Devante and Rogers in top 10. It would be absolutely absurd to not put the MVP and the best receiver in the league in the top 10. So I think those are the four that make it. I would argue Jair should have been ranked higher. Like we shouldn't have seen his name yesterday because it should have still been yet Mm -hmm. to come. Zadarius, I feel like linebackers are always kind of a more confusing, like where do you rank them kind of position. I do think he could have maybe been up a few more, but And that's because he was ranked, I think, higher last year, but he had a relatively similar season, so maybe this is the right spot for him. I know that he was a little disappointed at it, but, you know, maybe that kind of just fuels his fire a little bit and he comes out and has an even better season. So I could make the case for why Smith is where he is, but Jair, being the best cornerback in the league, he should be higher than 41. Yeah, um, I similarly to Jen, I mean, just to start off with Z and Jair, I mean, Zadarius, yeah. I mean, I, I think 51 It's a little bit low. He was but 48 last year. Yeah, he was 48 last year. So he had a little bit of a, of a, of a I'm not going to say a bad season, a little bit of a worse season because 2019 was just so incredible. Uh, but I'm totally with you, Jen. Jair, 
should absolutely not have already had his name called. Um, I'm not saying he would necessarily make it into, you know, the top 15 or something, but top 20 to 30 is kind of where I was expecting to see him land. So I thought that was a bit disappointing. And like Jen said, a couple guys I think that are going to get straight up snubbed from this list. Elton Jenkins is one. But then, I mean, I think Adrian Amos, after what he's done both years in Green Bay, he certainly deserves to be in the top 100. I mean, I've seen some defensive backs in this list already. Absolutely absurd that they would be ranked ahead of Adrian Amos in the league. I just think he's so consistent and solid where people just, you know, they're not even thinking about him, but they should be. And then another one, and I know kickers aren't going to make it, but I was just Mason Crosby. Thing. Yeah, Mason Crosby's Mason Crosby. <laughs> kickers not, never get the recognition they yeah. deserve, but he had a perfect season. So yeah, he had a perfect season. So I, I mean, I know he won't make it, but he should. And then we recognize you here on Packaday, Mason Crosby. Yeah. Um, and then the the four, yeah, like Jen said, I mean, it's going to be these four: Bakhtiari, Devante, Rogers, and Jones. And I had. Bakhtiari somewhere in the top 20. I'm going to, so I'm going to go 11 through 20. I have Jones somewhere in the top 25. So anywhere from 11, I mean, I doubt I'll say more from 15 to 25. I think Devante will be top 10 and I'm saying Rogers is going to be top three. I'm sure they'll manage to make him not number one, even though he was clearly the best quarterback and player in the league last year. But this list always uh, likes to make people frustrated. But yeah. I'm sure they'll put like Tom Brady at number one and we'll all throw our TVs out the window yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. I didn't want to say it so I could speak <laughs> it into existence. But yeah, I mean, but that's how I see it. Yeah, Rogers top three, Devante top 10, Bakhtiari top 20, and Jones probably top 25. So. I, I agree with I, – I I will say I think everything you guys said spot on with who I think is going to still be on this list. I will say in response to Chanel, with Big Bob, don't underestimate how, how – I don't want to say completely overrated, but maybe how a little bit uh, inflated the value of white Midwestern football players are <laughs> – on lists like this, Kyle Uzcheck made this list. Is it, that that confused player. Me. That a fullback, a fullback on a team that I don't even think finished five hundred last year. <laughs> so I, there is still a puncher's chance for Robert Tunyon to show up in the top forty. I think because I, I think I think that there is, I think that there's just a weird kind of like. I'm not saying I'm, I, I would give it like maybe a 25% chance. We see. Yeah. In the top there, there's because, always that possibility when you right, have a right. year like he did, but exactly. you know, player voted people, right, people, people seem to love, you know, he, he gets a lot of the attention around um, the Travis Kelsey, George Kittle connection. Yep. You know, it's uh, it, he, he gets, he's, he's sort of in that grouping that I think, has a chance, especially with the season he had last year, could sneak into a top 40. And everyone's like, how the hell did he get into this list? Um, I, I love the Elton Jenkins snub. I think you're absolutely right. It, you know, if this is one that we're looking at it again, Kyle Juszczyk making it over a guy like Elton <laughs> Jenkins. Um, Elton Jenkins just silently does his work. That's the yeah. thing. Is he doesn't get the, the league hype for what he does, and that's where you kind of lose the recognition from a guy this, like that. I think this year is when the whole world is going to finally take notice of just how great Elton Jenkins is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Cause especially early on, I think we're going to see, he's got the chance to highlight and show to everybody on a major stage. This is, this is the kind of player that I am. Um, I will say, I, I, I think you guys are spot on with the, the guys that we're going to still see coming Adams, Jones, Rogers, Bakhtiari, uh, I had on this list. Do you think Kenny Clark makes it top forty, or is he a snub? That was my, that was my last snub. Is that I was okay. going to say Kenny Clark because I know he didn't have as great of a season last year as he did two years ago. But again, there are names on this list that are simply not better than Kenny Clark. It's just you know recency bias and right. guys voting maybe for their friends, this that. But I'm with you, Dan, on that. I think KC is going to get snubbed on this. 
Yeah, because I think that he was he made it last year, if I'm correct, but it was like in the nineties. Maybe one of the first names that yeah was on the list. So yeah, for him to not make it, yeah. There's there's so many Packers where you're like, well, they could have been like the ninety to hundred range. Like there's still some of the better ones in the league. But yeah, he's another one that obviously you can talk about because he is one of the best at his position. So yeah, it's just um, not the flashiest position, so it doesn't get right. Right, and he's not an Aaron Donald type where he completely right obliterates everybody. He just kind of does does the job that he needs to. Um, we're running a little long, so I want I, I want to wrap up our discussion on this. But I what I want though from you guys yes or no just yes just yes or no do we see aaron jones Devonte Ad- or not aaron jones excuse me aaron Rodgers, Devonte adams both top five eli yes or no uh i i would i would mm, man i would love to say yes but i think when you have the quarterbacks that are like yes, or no, eli. yes or no eli no no <laughs> No. <laughs> Janelle. No. I say yes. Mark it down, everybody. Tune in two Sundays from now, and we'll see both of them. Well, no, there. we get to record after that. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, we'll get to. We get to come. We get to come in and talk about that post. Uh, post. I hope you're stuff. right, Dan. Uh, yeah, two, I love two it. weeks from now, everybody. Devontae will probably uh, be like six. <laughs> right. He's, that's, like, no, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, all right, guys. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad, again, that you guys got to spend some time up in Green Bay and enjoy it. And uh, we got another game coming up this week against the Jets. More practice, more stuff to talk about. So make sure you stick with us each and every day here on the Packer Day Podcast. More people talking all about uh, everything coming up this week. There's going to be plenty with the Jets in town for the dual practices and everything. So make sure you tune in for us. Let your friends know about us. Share the podcast with some friends. Let them know. And then also let them know to go and subscribe on YouTube, on uh, on everywhere else you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. Um, you can follow all of us on Twitter as well. Guys, do you want to let people know where that is and anything you want to uh, promote this week, Eli? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at bookofeli underscore NFL. And uh, obviously me and Jen every week on Open Book on Thursdays at 7 Central. And with the fantasy season and especially the fantasy draft season coming up, you can look out for some of my work on fantasypros.com, including uh, my rankings, which will be published in the next couple days. So if you want to come close to winning a championship but constantly not getting there, follow my rankings. (laughs) Janelle? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Like Eli said, every Thursday, open book with uh, him, myself, and Zach Jacobson. Obviously, every other Tuesday here on Packaday with Dan and Eli. I have my stuff over at the Say It Again Network, my hockey podcast, as well as my Minds of the Game. All that can be found in the link in my bio on my Twitter page. Um, yeah, Dan, on to you. Yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at DK All the Way. And uh, you can see my stuff um, every Friday for Game On Wisconsin with The Leap, uh, an article that I release every single week with just some weird musings. And then on Game On Wisconsin's YouTube channel as well, every Wednesday night at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, we've got uh, Lombardi's Bar with me, Todd Varney, and Jimmy Christensen. So, Which, Dan, yeah. I watch yes. you guys, but if you bring up this whole – Number one pick for Aaron Rodgers. I might have to stop watching. <laughs> I'll die on this hill. I, I know I, you're like too far into it, where it's like, yep, this is the hill well, you're dying I'm, on. I'm in for a penny, in for a pound now. There, there's no, there's no <laughs> turning back on it now. It's like uh, been three weeks. And I'm like, every time it's like 15 minute segment just to roast Dan about this take. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested in hearing more of those terrible takes, game on Wisconsin Lombardi's Bar. Tune in, everybody. Um, we will be back together again two weeks from now, two Tuesdays from now. So uh, until then, stay safe, everybody. And as always, go Pack Go. Go, go Pack Go. go. go.